Welcome back to season two of Storyboard. I'm Lars. I'm Meg. We reappraise overlooked films and TV and pitch stories that need to be made. Just in time for Halloween, our first episode of season two will cover our current bone-chilling obsessions and the spooky VHS covers that shaped our tender young minds. We'll Frankenstein together an original movie pitch and leave you with a haunting refrain of radar recommendations. Pull up a chair, baby. Well, welcome back to season two of Storyboard. We have just been on vocal rest yeah. for a few months. We haven't even spoken until just no. now. It's the first time I've just sight said unseen. anything <laughs> the whole time. <laughs> and so it's Halloween, so we thought we would kind of... I think we talked about this in like episode one, season one, I maybe? I think we or did. One of the first couple episodes. Um, and I was about, wholly underprepared to yeah, talk about Well, them. you know, we keep it loose. <laughs> yeah, that's true. And uh, so we're going to talk about VHS horror movie covers from our youth that just, uh, I don't know, stuck out to us, made an impression. And I try not to look at them again. I try to just remember. And I'm like, so that way, <laughs> I don't know. It's just because <laughs> um, I was like, maybe I'm wrong, but I'm just going to kind of give you what I remember. Oh, see, I had to like work backwards and like look at because like, I was like, I remember the image, but then I'm like, what movie was that? Mm-hmm. And I had to do some, a little bit of, uh, internet detective work yeah. to figure out yeah. what the hell movie like, there the was cover a man was. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so. so, well, my first one is Innocent Blood. It has this, like, minimalist cover. Okay, again, I may be wrong about this, so don't, I don't want to get, like, some DM or something about it. Okay, uh, what oh, I remember, especially I know horror VHS fans can yeah, be true. really particular. Yeah, just, so just to, don't dig a disclaimer. In. Yeah, like, we're just. We, neither of us are, like, I wouldn't call us, like, that style of horror aficionado. We're not yeah. VHS collectors. This is going to be an impressionist, like yeah. a full-on Monet. Okay. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it was basically, like, a black background, a woman's face in kind of a three-quarter angle. And she, it was like, I don't know, like albino, like white face. I don't know how to describe it. And with like red eyes. And so I thought it was like this super adult, sexy, kind of classy horror film. Yeah. And I actually watched it recently. And I'm like, ooh, what's this? Finally, I'm going to check it out. So it's the woman that played La Femme Nikita. Okay. And she's a vampire. And instead of like, she kind of has that Twilight thing where like, I have a bit of morality. Mm. Um, And so instead of killing like, normal people she um focuses on on mob bosses specifically (laughs) so i know and it was actually kind of like a wild wacky time and i'm like that's kind of fun but it was not what i thought i mean she's sexy but anyway it was not like a an erotic vampire i don't know what i thought but it definitely looked like how the crow sort of is and like looks on the cover and is it's kind of this like emo-y sort of yeah yeah you know what i mean like when is it from? Do you remember? Oh, I don't remember. I didn't look okay. that up. Yeah, yeah, no, that's But like fine. the, you know... I was just curious. Late 80s, early 90s. Okay, whole, kind or of mid in mid 90s or something. In that okay. vein. And I swear the rest of mine aren't as wordy as that. I just... Because I actually watched that. And so... Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the rest of mine are like... Ghoulie. Yeah, go? Like, I was just like... Well, for example... Oh like, my God. Is one of yours ghoulie? Ghoulies? I was just like... Toilet. That was, okay, that is literally my first one because (laughs) I had to, I had, that was one of the ones where I was like, I just remember this disgusting thing coming out of a toilet and being like, "Mm -mm, too scary. Oh my God. That was, 
It is foul. It's like yeah. a freaky gremlin that's like even Yeah, there's less, oh let's see, that was another thing I was gonna say is there were multiple. so many I didn't realize so many gremlin knockoffs because yeah, there's critters. like critters. Which I'm, I've seen one of them, and I feel like maybe it was crazy. Yeah, and I sh- the covers all get a little bit confused yeah. to me because it's all like a disgusting Just little creature. Goblins and, yeah. And the other one, the real knockoff was Munchies. And I. <laughs> Just and I was like, I think I remember this, but it is like a little gremlin guy, like upskirting a woman. There's like a oh, woman's pair of legs, with like no. a like a dress, like flapping in the breeze, and she and I think he's like a pair of cigarette. He's like looking at her skirt, like, oh, eh. no. like I'm like, oh my. It's like in Gremlins too, how they're kind of like eh, we're real bad boys, <laughs> little bad. jean jackets on or something. <laughs> Anyway, real little tough guys. Yeah. Uh, okay, yeah. Sorry, you keep going. No, so Ghoulies <laughs> is a good example. Yeah. And the Critters one, the Critters cover is actually kind of cool. It looks kind of like weird 80s metal art. But the mm. Ghoulies one's just foul and makes me think of like garbage pail kids or something. Where I'm like, <laughs> yeah. no, it's just just gross. Yeah. Everyone's nightmare is like something coming up out of the, the turlet. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my uh, god, it's so funny. So another one for me, I've actually never seen this one, is Monkey Shines. Okay. George mm. Romero. Yeah. Like I saw it kind one. of recently. So yeah. it's like the little freaky monkey with mm-hmm. the knife. And it's let me tell scary. you, having just seen monkeys in Japan, they are totally no scary. <laughs> it's so frightening. Like when you're going up yeah. the mountain, there's all these signs that are like, don't show food. <laughs> don't <laughs> crouch. These like, monkeys. don't go near them. <laughs> Here's their angry face. Here's their scary face. <laughs> and you're just like, so they're either angry or scared. <laughs> and then I'm just going to be cut loose in front of them. Like there's no barrier. So oh, they're just God. like cruising around and you're like, yep, I was right to be afraid of the Monkey Shines cover. Yes. Monkeys are... It's like a uncanny valley, like mm, yeah. They're like little tiny humans, but even <laughs> more covered in feces, and they like <laughs> even are more so... than we are right now. Yeah. <laughs> and they're just so fast. So like the idea of one with a knife, I'm like, Mm-mm. yeah, um, super terrifying. Baboons are really scary to me. Oh yeah, yeah, honestly, yeah. We were talking about because um, after our harrowing monkey experience, I mean, nothing bad happened, but it was. Mm, I wouldn't, re- wouldn't recommend. I yeah, guess. you're just like. You're just on like, alert. Yeah, yeah, they're like, don't get too close. And you're like, well, this motherfucker's like coming towards me. Yeah. Like, I, don't, <laughs> I don't want it. But like, Joel was saying he thought chimps were scary after like the one ate the lady's face, you know? Oh, God. I don't know about this. Yeah. This and, is a real life thing. Yeah, it's oh, a real shit. life thing. They are they can just be aggressive. You know, they're not meant to be pets. Yeah. And, no. But we agree that gorillas, even though they're big, they're like the peaceful vegetarians of yeah. the wood, the forest they are cute they like, might trample like, you to death yeah but like by accident i think yeah like i think you think of like coco and her kitten and you're like oh they're like so cute yeah the chimps and like yeah they're smaller These so you macaques. think they could be a pet i yeah. definitely wanted a chimp as a pet oh no <laughs> as a so kid. scary it will just bite your face right off <laughs> lars boy right off. okay i won't do it then. Um, and so my last one is uh and i still think this one is cool looking is fright night both that oh, one yeah. the first one and the sequel because it's like the house and i think the second one it's like a mansion and it's a face like coming up in like the cloud mm-hmm. looking down yeah. um just like the classic like haunted house possession kind of vibe. Yeah. Uh, one that I th- I like now that I didn't see this any of these movies until I was an adult, but the covers of the Night of the Demons uh-huh. one to three. Each cover is themed like it's a demon dinner party, so oh. it's like that girl demon is like, <laughs> ooh, drinking a martini with an eyeball olive. And, like, oh my just god, I like, love it. It's like so. That's, that's those like, are so cute. It's I pretty do classy. It. <laughs> yeah, it would be a fantastic. Oh, it'd be a really good Halloween costume. Hot tip. Yeah. 
Yeah, look up Night of the Demons 1 through 3. Maybe, you know, costume ideas. We were trying to think of the name of that other Night of movie. It was Night of the Creeps. Sorry, Night I just, this creeps. is like off mic. We were talking about this like before. Okay. Night of the Creeps. It's Night another really good one. Just generally. Don't know the cover. Didn't know it when I was probably a kid. Probably cool. Yeah, probably. Um, So the other ones for me, I'm, these are more just like, when I was a kid, like this isn't like a deep cut, but like Hellraiser. Like I just wanted to more talk about how when I was a kid, I thought Hellraiser was the scariest. Oh my god! Thing yeah, ever. like this is like that Lovecraftian thing, that kind of Prince of Darkness thing Pinhead I talk about, whatever, where it's like right. this like other realm of hell. I still don't really understand. I just watched Hellraiser three. I watched Hellraiser a long time ago. Never watched Hellraiser two, but I watched Hellraiser three. <laughs> Straight because, to three because it looked like. And I'll talk about this later, but, like, the use of, like, technology mm. in 80s movies, which I really kind of like. Yeah. Um, and so there was, like, one guy with, like, CDs stuck in his head. One guy with, like, a <laughs> oh, film camera yeah. in his head. It was, like, a blast. Um, I mean, it was, a, it was good. It was, it was, you know what I mean? Yeah, how, it you was, know how it goes. It's, oh, like, it's good and it's all not. All my, like, thing, my radar things I'll talk about later are not, like, good, good but they're fun. Yeah. Um, it's my candy. So I don't even know where I was going with that, but it was a blast. So yeah, Hellraiser. Oh yeah, I was going to say, there's not really rules of Hellraiser. I mean, I could go into a whole thing of this. I don't understand like the cube. Does it, it opens and yeah. closes, but sometimes it's used for good to like, I trapped I Pinhead and sometimes it's like, I unleashed him. Shit. I don't. I don't. It feels kind of like the later Friday the 13th movies where you're like, oh. So what's oh, happening? What are the now? rules here? Yeah. You know, like, so he's what? if I blow him up with dynamite and he's like, still he not keeps dead, coming, he's coming up out of that ocean. Yeah. <laughs> um, I definitely thought Hellraiser was something to do with like sexy stuff. Somehow in my child brain, mm. I thought that it was oh, like maybe I have seen some like, like CNN thing about like <laughs> it's a racer. <laughs> Oh, we're racing. Right. No, I said they're racing hell. Oh, they're racing hell. <laughs> the California racing. Sorry. California <laughs> hell. No. It's hell. all just conflated and like it's a kid all just a big CNN. 80s co- yeah. like commercial. And yeah. 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 Well, and so many <laughs> of those things, like you only really knew about it from like other pop culture references to oh, it. Oh, Razor said that's definitely like half of my of brain that. is just. Especially Some if you grew up in, like, 80s another 90s. reference, yeah. Yeah. I feel like there's things where I didn't realize what it was until I was an adult because I had only seen it via something mm-hmm. else in Hellraiser. Yeah, exactly. like, like, the, the Simpsons Pinhead or something. Costume. Oh, yeah. yeah. Totally. Yeah, where you're yeah. just like, I don't... He's got yeah. that... Yeah. It's a, it's an interesting look. It's <laughs> well, a, it's very sexual. It's got a lot of bondage vibes. Yeah, maybe that's what like the leather is. duster. And maybe the leather yeah. duster is yeah. what... <laughs> Um, oh, and there's one last quick one. I don't even know this is a horror film, but I just had to mention it, um, is Mute Witness. And it's a woman's, it's like a close-up of a woman's face, and her lips are, like, sewn shut. Oh, and I think, no. maybe it's just called Mute. I can't remember. But basically the word, like, I think Mute is, like, sewn, like sewn onto into her lips or whatever. Mm. And I'm like, if that's not a horror movie, then, like, you're not advertising this correctly. <laughs> I don't know what it, I think it's more of a thriller, but. Oh, but still, that's, that's like, like, pretty visceral. Horror yeah, that's imagery. body horror. Yeah. Anyway. So today we're talking about three horror films that are sort of new to us that we've sort of explored uh, this fall. Just in time for Halloween, yeah, just right just into the right wire, into the and wire, maybe so. after, I don't know. Uh, you can watch all year round. I mean, Halloween's on a weeknight this year, so maybe you want to do like a, isn't it on a weeknight? I don't even know. So Halloween? Halloween. <laughs> nope. Sorry. So, you know, if you want, if you're going to be like staying in, <laughs> yeah, maybe yeah. a movie marathon. Yeah, but I think mine... 
you can pretty much watch whenever. Same. I mean, like, you know, yeah. that's the thing with horror. I mean. Because we both watch it all year yeah. round. It's not, yeah. I mean, it is spooky season. Yeah. But, you know. So I'll just kind of let you know. Here's where my head was out. Here's what yeah. I was looking for. Okay, I was basically looking for Trick or Treat or like a Mirror Mirror, like as my okay. guy. Those are two uh, films I mentioned last season that I'm obsessed with. Um, so those were kind of like, I want that kind of heavy metal. Well, I mean, that's not where I ended up, but that's what I was starting with was like that kind of heavy metal horror. I love that marriage of Halloween horror and heavy metal. Um, and the Mirror Mirror, just sort of like a femme-centric, stylish mm-hmm movie i wanted classic 80s vhs horror trash um i mentioned earlier about like i wanted technology computers microwaves telephones (laughs) stereos Um, again this is just like the ultimate this is what i was aspiring to i didn't necessarily land there and i was being greedy and didn't want something just drenched in misogyny and and rape culture if i could think it help it um (laughs) tall order if you're like 80 i know oh boy um so you know that's what i'm saying grain of salt on a lot of these uh and then of course i'm looking for style outfits cinematography and i was trying to do stuff that was more like halloween centric like kind of this classic americana you know what i mean Mm. like things that are more like witches and demons and and graveyards and stuff and less like Jalo erotic horror, sci-fi thriller stuff that I watched all year round. Mm-hmm. Um, I was trying to do more classic, kind of eighties, kind of what I grew up with. Speaking of the VHS covers, so that's basically if it were an outfit, it would be a dirty or a piece of clothing. It'd be like a dirty jean jacket. Like that's okay. what I <laughs> like. Yeah. For, like anyways, the dirty jean jacket, jacket of horror of, films. Yeah, exactly. That's what I was looking for. So my first one, One Dark Night from nineteen eighty two. So, just a quick synopsis, three high school gals have their own little club called the Sisters, mm-hmm. complete with some very enviable purple satin bomber jackets. <gasps> what? Uh, that Are they so, embroidered? I believe so. <gasps> Sorry, it's been, and also I want to say, it's oh, yeah. been about, a, it's been a few weeks, like we came up with this theme, started yeah, watching stuff. It's been like at least then, a month yeah. since we so, watched, yeah. Just, you know, again, don't. DM us if we get uh, we're a not couple. spoiling them because yeah. you're supposed to watch them for yourself. That's right. So then, so. yeah, that's fine. <laughs> um, so we got the three gals in the sisters with the with the jackets. Um, another gal played by Meg Tilly that I always oh. kind of forget exists because there's like Jennifer, Jennifer Tilly, Tilly is her and sister. I'm, yeah, and she sort of talks like yeah. a babe. And I just always I'm like, oh yeah, Meg Tilly's annoying too. And it's like, no, she's no, like a normal person. <laughs> She's completely normal, normal actress. Yeah. Um, and so mentally, it's not that so much that she, they want to. She wants to be in the club with them because she thinks they're bitches and they are. But she wants to prove to them that she can like withstand any initiation that they can throw at her. There's some sort of boyfriend in the mix. Who cares? Yeah. You know, like she's dating the guy that one of them used to oh, date or something. Yeah. Anyways, doesn't matter. So um, that night, they make her stay overnight in a local mausoleum by herself. And of course, the three gals like they drop her off, but then they double back to fuck with her. And there's also the subplot about a telekinetic, murderous old man <laughs> oh, that just died. And I think I care exactly. He was buried in the mausoleum. And so of course, all hell breaks loose. Oh yeah. Um. And just shit's, like, flying around. The old man, like, slides his coffin out of the mausoleum. Like, it's like a, like a, a file drawer and, like, a cabinet, you know? Like, whoop, just slide that right out. Um, so, basically, it's a total blast. Yeah. It's everything you're looking for. It was written and directed by Tom McLaughlin, whose only other notable work seemed to be um, Sometimes They Come Back, which I've heard hmm. that title. And it's a 1991 huh. horror film Based on Stephen King's short story, oh, so I okay. check it out. Yeah, it's sort of interesting. 
But um, yeah, it's a rare horror film that like focuses on women, but doesn't sexualize them because it's just all about women, t- you know. Yeah. So it's not really a Bechdel test thing. They're talking about like their boyfriends or whatever, right, and fucking right, with right, each right. other. But um, there's a lot of horizontal oppression. Going <laughs> yeah. But um, hey, you know it's available free on Tubi, and uh, <laughs> Tubi shilling just yeah, does not I mean stop. it won't stop. Um, and it makes me want to get uh, embroidered satin bomber yeah. jackets for Ooh. us. Ooh. I think we should like storyboard. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, how about you? I just imagine like sorry, my, my brain immediately went to like really disgusting fuzzy dice embroidered on the oh. back. Why? I don't know. But that was just I my mean, first. Time. I'm not no, no, not no. into. I, I am not into it. That was. Okay. Like, okay, okay. It's one of those like unwanted thoughts mm-hmm. where like I, I immediately saw like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> No, it have totally. to be like film reels or something. That'd be cute. That's true. I'm trying to think. It's all oh, it's all spelled with a film reel. Like that's the embroidery oh, there you style. Go. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's the custom applique. I would say. <laughs> yeah, no, totally. Well, uh, my first pick, or I guess I should say. Initially, I was like, oh, I'm going to focus on, like, kind of British folk horror, and I wanted to focus on, like, dangerous femmes. I watched so many movies that just did not were not good, and I didn't mm. have anything to say about it, so that theme fell apart. So, <laughs> yeah. scrapped. <laughs> yeah. And so these are all just new to me. I don't even know what I'd call them. They're not necessarily, like, classic horror movies. I've got more of those in my radar picks, I guess. But just some notable yeah, kind just of like, some uh, yeah, you know, interesting unusual, some offbeat takes on maybe some horror tropes, I guess. Yeah. Who's to say? Yeah. <laughs> uh I'm sure you've seen my first one and okay, well I should just say a caveat like all of these they may not be for everyone. There could be things about them that people I mean, don't like. Eighties, well, mine. Eighties horror, just yeah. blanket statement yeah. on that. Yeah. So my first one is uh, Martin from nineteen seventy-eight, right. the George Romero movie. It's the one he directed right before Dawn of the Dead, and it was made for super cheap while he was trying to get funding for that movie. Mm-hmm. So, like I said, a little. Uh, it's definitely not for everyone. There's a lot of, <laughs> I believe, one. A uh, letterboxed reviewer called it too rapey, which is definitely, definitely <laughs> yep. true, hey. if you recall. Yep. But it definitely has that 70s grime and I think kind of this ambiguous depiction of like an anti-hero that makes it really interesting. Uh, so it stars John Amplis, who's in like a lot of Romero's movies, hmm. uh, as a Martin, the <laughs> eponymous villain. And he's just kind of like this young, effete guy that we meet on a train from Indianapolis to uh, Pittsburgh and I mean it sounds fun I know, Sorry, just like a, what a like beautiful ride in the 70s too <laughs> Sorry, so like the 70s train ride I've ever heard of absolutely <laughs> and like it tells you what is going on right in the beginning like this is not a spoiler to say like he immediately um, drugs a young woman oh, uh sexually assaults her and then drains her of her blood so it becomes quite clear that he thinks that he's a vampire he is like i'm a vampire and in his mind all of his actions are like through this lens of a classic like the classic vampire films you he sort of imagines himself some kind of like bella lugosi sort of like debonair vampire like he does fully like drain her of blood but he is not growing fangs and stuff like that so um, he, that's like the first scene. I mean, that's your introduction to him. This sounds like Vampire's Kiss, that Nick Cage movie. Okay, <laughs> but like it is not totally nuts. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, Sorry to interrupt, but that's yeah. just first thought there. <laughs> I'm a vampire. Yeah. Oh my god. No, this is like it's really interesting and so understated. I actually think it's it's like pretty good. Oh, yeah. So um, he's like really like um, underweight and kind of like shy and unassuming, but he's obviously got this whole vampire thing going on that's left very up in the air. So he arrives in Pittsburgh. He's going to go live with his cousin, who's this old Lithuanian Catholic, who's like. Who also is like, you're a vampire, like, you're the family curse that I have to take care of. And he mm. calls him Nosferatu and all this stuff. So there's kind of like this weird thing where you're like, wait, so is he a vampire? Like, I <laughs> yeah. know. Or is this just the abuse? En- <laughs> yeah. In the entire time, you're just like, hmm, this is an interesting dynamic. <laughs> uh, so like, you know, the basic stuff we know, most vampire movies stick to the central tenets, right? Even Vampire's Kiss. It's like, oh, they have can't be in sunlight they have they grow you have to long wear shades things. at least you have to wear shades. In that one. <laughs> yeah that's um is that the jim carrey one where he like slowly gets turned into oh, a vampire is it once bitten once bitten that was shy like, someone that, once yeah. bitten is like pretty good it's really? pretty okay. fun i, I think it's pretty fun okay. um i mean it's probably also you know all kinds of I problems mean, yeah. but this one is interesting because it's sort of poignant in a way at times because if you weren't murdering all these people he's just kind of like this outsider in this you know it's in um braddock pennsylvania which is outside of pittsburgh and it's been like depressed since you know the mills closed mm-hmm. um you know he's like a delivery boy that nobody talks to he just kind of is totally marginalized like he gets really lonely and calls into this kind of coast-to-coast style radio station mm-hmm. like as a vampire and like talks it's like um but you know he's uh monster like he's an assaulter and a murderer um, is this also like falling down that michael douglas movie? No, <laughs> i mean it's like you know what i mean like oh no i'm a white man that like really you is know, going there, isn't, shit. there is an aspect to which he is kind of this i don't know how you'd put this like a a man raised in our society who's not treated like he's owed anything but feels like he should he can't help himself but to just like Mm -hmm. he has to drink blood like in his mind Mm -hmm. it's this weird i mean he's either really a vampire or he's crazy (laughs) Mm -hmm. and he is like i i have to do this this is my imperative or something Mm -hmm. uh partially because he's been raised in a family that is like we have this strain of vampires running through us so yeah I don't think I'm describing it well, but I definitely think it's worth a watch. It's just, it's a very quiet, understated 70s character study that is also kind of an ironic take on vampire tropes. Okay. That is pretty interesting as long as you know going in that there's a lot of content that is sensitive in it. Yeah, apparently Romero actually claimed that this was his favorite among all his films. Yeah, and he uh, does appear... (laughs) Uh, he has an appearance as a parish priest who's a total lush in a pretty enjoyable scene. <laughs> oh, fun. So uh, it's on uh, YouTube. That, um, I think I'm confusing it with, there's another like single name, man name movie. Is it like Patrick or something? It's like Australian. Mm. I could be totally wrong, but I feel like there's another movie. I'm just going to say it's called Patrick. I don't know. Yeah. And it's like Australian and he's like in a coma or is he kind of thing and like telekinetic oh, shit's happening. So I think in my mind, I'm always like, wait, and there's another one called Ronald or Bad Ronald or something. Oh, there's a lot of like single, single man name, name horror I don't even know if that's a horror movie, but you know, like yeah, those sort of movies. Like, so What's he up to? I think in my mind, I'm just yeah. mixing them all together. So anyway, yeah, this one yeah. is, it's, it's pretty, it's pretty good. I think I've seen it, but it's been a long yeah. time and I don't, I need to rewatch it. It's a, it's a weird one. I mean, yeah. really. It sounds fun. Yeah. 
So my second one is Neon Maniacs from 1986. So a bunch of ghoulish creatures, <laughs> kind of humanoid Creatures are on the loose in 1980s San Francisco. A local high school is the center of the action. One of the students is a budding horror movie director named Paula. Um, she even makes her own creature effects and like rubber wow. monster masks. So she might be one of my favorite movie characters of all time, or at least like high school yeah. characters that I identify with. Mm -hmm. Like when I watch a movie like Mean Girls or whatever high school movies, I'm yeah. like, I don't identify with anybody. Like even oh, if they're yeah. like, yeah, hey, totally. we're the freaks here or something, whatever. I'm like, I don't identify no. with, I mean, kind of like book smart, I guess I sort of identify with those two because they're those two girls because they're like nerds. But Paula is like, I'm into films. I want to, sh not that I shot films, but it's, you know, it's something that there's a version of me out there, you know, that yeah. would have done that. So she's like shooting these horror films. Um, she's making like monster, I don't know, she's just cool. You know yeah. what I mean? That just never happens in a movie where I'm like, I identify with this yeah. female <laughs> character, you yeah. know? And of course, uh, so the ghouls are just like chasing people around or whatever, uh, making their lives hell. And so, and I keep saying ghouls, I don't, they may have, they're, like, they're the neon maniacs. I'm yeah. not sure who knows <laughs> if they said that anyway. So the ghouls are, have their big third act showdown at the school dance, which is also a dueling battle of the bands. Like hmm. these two bands are like playing back and forth. And so one of them is a male character that we, that it's like in the mix. And he does this like real um what's that like rick rolled like rick rick astley just like yeah. real rick astley tap music <laughs> and everyone's like super into it and the other band is kind of like hair metal kind of metal hair metal yeah um <laughs> i think i was like the metal band was like blown you out of the water dude like anyway it was just weird um he's got like a leisure blazer on just i like, mean <laughs> i think he does and so, um, and I didn't notice this for quite a while that each of the, the ghouls was dressed like a stereotypical warrior soldier from various countries and cultures, oh. which is dicey, but they look so much like melting candles. Of, <sighs> you know what I mean? That I didn't even really notice. So I'm like, I, maybe it's not a thing because I, I can barely clock it. <laughs> uh, anyway, I was like, wait a minute. I think that's like a... <laughs> like a Native American situation going on there or like a samurai. But they look like melted candles. Melted like samurais, <laughs> melted... Uh, like if you bought a pack of like themed candles and then lit them or all. Or candles or G.I. Joe's, <laughs> just somehow they melted. That's what they looked like, pretty much. Um, and uh, oh, one thing that especially didn't age well is during the dance. So the... So these ghoul warrior, I'm sure they explain it in the movie. I can't remember of like, why this? Why are they? Yeah. Anyway, why is this happening? Is it like nuclear stuff maybe? Yeah. I don't know. I feel like acid rain came it was one like, time. Oh, I don't yeah, know. okay. It's that era. Yeah. And so, okay. But one thing that came up is like one of the warriors, like I guess like a U.S. soldier, and he came in with an automatic rifle just blasting oh, into no. the school dance. And I was like, oh, boy. No. I was like, maybe just leave that on the cutting room <laughs> yeah, floor. Because no it was just for like a minute. And it was like, and everyone, yeah. all the other ghouls had like knives or whatever they had, yeah. you know? And I was like, why do you have a gun? You're like a monster. Like, yeah, like that's all, like, what's the point of yeah, being a monster? I was like, a person could do that. And yeah. They do. And they do. And they do. Um, so... Other than that, <laughs> the movie has, like, all those classic 80s horror vibes. And I love when horror movies go meta. I mean, not so meta, like Deadpool meta kind of gross. Oh, but, like, boy. you know what I mean? But when they're, like, self-aware and they, like, celebrate yeah. their own horror fandom. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, because we have this, like, filmmaker gal. And she's, like, wearing, like, overalls and, like, a, back, and, like, a sideways cap. She's just yeah. super scrappy oh. and cute. So it was directed by cinematographer, usually he's a cinematographer, Joseph, I don't know if it's Mangin. Mangin or Mangan, um, who shot a lot of fun, schlocky horror 
And it was written by Mark Patrick Carducci, who also wrote the classic uh, horror movie Pumpkinhead, oh, which is another fun one. Yeah. So um, it's kind of serious and family yeah. oriented and like father son or yeah. something. But it's, it's fun. You know, yeah, it's, it's that. It is a weird, it's like yeah. father avenging son. <laughs> and there's like thing, witches right? and curses, maybe. Yeah, it's like local out in the legends. Woods. It's kind of like that backwoods hill yeah. people kind of. But a, it's fun. Yeah. Anyway, um, but Neon Maniacs is available for free on, you guessed it, Tubi. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <gasps> I can't believe you haven't featured like a Tubi on our Instagram. Yeah. yeah, I probably will. Because there's too many. There's too there's many. Too many. Like, it's like just 35 titles that are available. Just like a word yeah, yeah, Exactly. So my next pick is The Appointment from 1981. It was directed by Lindsay C. Vickers. Not a lot of writing or directing credits, which is too bad because it was a really fascinating hmm. Mood piece of a movie. I, I know I it. thought. So it stars Edward Woodward, who is best known as the Virgin Sergeant in The Wicker Man. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah. And he doesn't play a similar character at all. <laughs> <laughs> so I watched this on YouTube, and I had to check because I was like, am I? Is this starting in the middle? But no, it's like a cold open with this sort of dispassionate police-style recounting of the disappearance of a girl in these woods in this Ooh. British town a few years back. And it just kind of catalogs what the deal was and that it's unsolved. Mm-hmm. And then it cuts forward to present day, where basically the premise is that this business dad, played mm-hmm. by Edward Woodward, is going to miss his daughter's musical recital because of an appointment. <laughs> oh, and huzzah. from there, it just the whole plot basically is like less than twenty four hours, and it devolves into this whole like weird electric complex fever dream with the daughter because the daughter is really pissed that her dad cannot like like <laughs> you miss my music recital like, you bitch i mean like yeah like truly like so frighteningly angry about it and then you can see that that is what sets forth sort of second act is just like basically this night where they're all like the mom and the dad and the daughter are all having these dreams basically how do i put this like the cerberus like the three-headed dog you know of hell or whatever is like coming to get him and just like like you know death and like being in the woods and all this stuff and it's very confusing and very psychedelic and then next morning he wakes up and goes about his journey and you see kind of what happens uh, from there, yeah. but there is definitely an element of telekinesis. Mm-hmm. It just it was an interesting one because I think this is the movie I watched first where I was like, oh, I like this idea of like dangerous f- young women because it's this the rage of this teenage girl is yeah. so powerful that it's deadly. Mm-hmm. Um, so the vibes are sort of like uh Penda's Fen or the Shout, kind of that like freaky English countryside Ooh. folky horror yeah. thing. Uh it's not for everyone because it's really a slow burn and very weird, like not typically horror, but it's pretty terrifying yeah. in terms of like dreams kind of reaching into reality. Mm. Uh so like I said, free on YouTube. Check it out. Yeah. I've never heard of that, and I'm really excited. Yeah, it's really... I don't think it's super... I mean, like I said, there's one on YouTube. It's also around, but it's not gotten, like, another release or anything. So, 
Yeah. We'll definitely check that out. So my final pick is Vamp from 1986, which I think I mentioned in like season Um, one. I'm like, I will talk about Vamp eventually. So I just had to. So three frat guys, boo, uh, (laughs) travel to a small town strip club to hire a dancer to perform at a frat party. Anyway, stay with me. Stay with me. (laughs) And just when you think this is going to end up like every other 80s Mm. horror movie. Grace Jones takes the stage. <gasps> okay. Bright red, severe bob. Um, her face covered in white paint uh, with Keith Herring designs painted all over her body and like metal spiral bra and underwear wow. set. I want everything yeah. <laughs> about her look. She performs more of a performance art piece. I would imagine. <laughs> yes. On that uh, I don't think she stripped at all. Um, and uh, in this crowd of like, and it's like a real thinned out crowd. Like, yeah. anyways, so this crowd of like hicks and truckers is like mesmerized <laughs> by her, and I'm like, sure, why not? Like, they love performance art, you know. <laughs> um, the plot gets a little complicated to explain succinctly, but basically, we soon find out she's a vampire. Our main frat guy and a waitress from the club, played by Dee Dee Pfeiffer, who is a an actress that was like in every '90s thing, and she is. I found I was like, wait, is she related to Michelle Pfeiffer? They're sisters. I I blew my mind somehow. Anyways, so uh, main frat guy and the waitress spend the rest of the night running from the vampires, um, as well as a local albino thug played by Billy Drago. Is it Drago or Drago? Sorry. (laughs) I I always thought it was Drago, but I actually don't know. I don't know. Okay, well, him. Yeah. Um, And uh, who is not a vampire somehow? This like, I was like, oh, automatically, he's a vampire. He's in on it. No. No? I don't think. I mean, unless I missed something. So it's a total blast. I kind of wish Grace Jones was more in the action. She's kind of just back in her dressing room. Like, every once in a while, they'll, like, report back to her. And I'm like, I mean, I respect, but also I kind of want her to get yeah. in on the mix. There is, I don't know if it's the finale. Wait, so she's but just, like, totally separate the whole she's time? She's just kind of, like, in her dressing room and, like, her, it's a guy, do you know from Seinfeld? I don't know if you watch Seinfeld or whatever, oh, but, yeah. like, the, um, keep the pin, Jerry, take the pin. Yeah. yeah. that guy, he's, like, the MC kind of, like, the okay. head guy at this club. And so he's kind of, he's not out in the streets, but he's, like, getting other people to, like, go out and do his bidding. I don't know. It's weird. Like I said, it's really complicated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Because, like, one of the frat guys, like, spoiler, but, like, one of the frat guys, like, dies early on. And then he kind of comes back because he's, like, a... Well, then he comes back and he's, like... And it's called Vamp. They're obviously vampires. It's at night. This whole thing happens over the course of one night, which, ding, ding, ding. I love that. But anyway, and this frat guy was, like, I'm a zombie now. And I'm, like, You're, like, wait. I was like, what Cross are you talking genres, about? But... I was like, what? I hate when it's, we're not vampires. They don't say the word or something. They're like, we're walkers or oh, we're, you know, yeah. I'm like, come no, on. Yeah. I mean, he didn't say that. But you know, like that sort of thing. We're like, we'll come up with our own mythology. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, no, no. don't do that. So yeah, I, I kind of wish Grace Jones is a little more in the mix. Oh yeah. And I was going to say, we were talking about like something about the eighties and like garbage pill kids and like trash oh, yeah. and like sewers. So there's like a whole bunch of stuff in the sewer. Yeah. I'm like, don't put Grace Jones in a sewer. Oh my God. Don't put baby no. before Don't put Grace Jones in a sewer. Anyway. But there's <laughs> probably some kind of like weird suburban panic about the cities and grime in yeah. there. I bet. Yeah. I'm there's sure that's part of it. That. Yeah. So the writer-director, Richard Wink, um, is primarily known for writing big action movies like Jack Reacher and Expendables 2. Oh, boy. <laughs> oh boy. But I will say the real star of the show is cinematographer Elliot Davis, who also shot Out of Sight, Twilight, and Legally Blonde 2. Ooh. Yeah. I like Out of Sight, anyway. Yeah. Um, Out of and, Sight is legitimately good. Yeah. Um, so every shot is based in this colorful bisexual lighting um, the whole time, and I'm living for it. It's just like... 
neon lights mm. and like I mean literally like every time there's just like any shot on a street or in the club or whatever there's just always like at least two colors of lights like oh, in the background or something yeah so that's worth it right there totally and so despite the the bunch of like future Brett Kavanaugh frat guys in the mix <laughs> forget about them doesn't matter yeah um, I'm here for Grace Jones and that's totally. bisexual lighting it's a blast um, and it's available I believe on Amazon Prime not to be my god I know I you were I gonna go was, for the triple crown. and that's why I was like I gotta watch this oh. and then it went away oh, or maybe yeah. I imagined it um, but it's around I mean just called it forth yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I think my next one is also on YouTube, but it is on Amazon Prime as well. And I'm just realizing now that I have like a unconscious, unconscious, subconscious theme here (laughs) of like dreams or delusions and bleeding over into reality. Mm -hmm. Because with Martin, it was his delusions bleeding into his real actions. And then uh, with the appointment, it was like this dream into reality. And then with this movie, um, there's an element of like, dreams feeling so real that it's hard to tell whether your actions have consequences in reality mm-hmm. um, as they do in dreams. So it is Paper House from 1988, Ooh. directed by Bernard Rose uh, of Candyman fame. Ooh, yeah. And Ivan's XTC, which I talked about in mm-hmm. a previous episode. So it, it's not horror in like a classic sense, but... It's very eerie, and its main thing is how scary or confusing stuff that kids encounter in real life are translated into their dreams and nightmares and how real that can feel when you wake up. Mm -hmm. Um, So it centers on this little girl who goes home sick from school, and she's bored and lonely sitting in bed, and she's really into drawing, so she draws this house on a piece of paper in her composition book. Uh, and then, you know, she has a fever, so she goes to sleep, and it, like, she basically wakes up in the dream, and it's this, like, house oh. has been made real in this, like, very, like, 80s surreal dreamscape. Yeah. In the house, she actually meets this uh, sick little boy that she befriends, and then it's kind of like their journey together yeah. um, in this house. Like, she kind of keeps going back and forth between waking and dreaming. Like, she'll wake up, and she'll be like, oh, it's, it's like, so dark in there. Like, he can't get around. Like, I'm going to, like, make food for him or, like, get oh, him, like, a bicycle. Like, draws more stuff Yeah, and then she, like, falls back asleep. And um, there's an interesting element with her dad, who's a foreign officer or something, and he's, like, maybe has substance abuse problems or something, but he's very scary in some ways in real life, and in the way that translates in her dream is really interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it'll be like she'll wake up, draw something, and then it kind of is made flesh in the dream. And yeah. I think there's something wrong with this. So you're watching it and you're like, what is up with this movie? There's like something weird about it. It just seems off. Mm-hmm. And I realized, I think that there was something wrong with maybe the original sound. And so it was hmm. dubbed, but by the actors who are in it. Oh. So probably the most famous actor in it is Glenn Headley. Oh, yeah. Who passed away a couple of years mm-hmm. ago. Yeah. Um, but it's definitely her voice, but it's like just not quite matching mm-hmm. up. So yeah. I know that it, it is them, but I don't know. It seems like they just had to go through and like redub the whole Ugh, thing. And that's man. why it sounds a little strange but it was driving me one of that (laughs) yeah maybe because at first i was like this is driving me crazy like what is wrong with this movie and i think that's it the aesthetic is kind of one that i recognize but i don't really know how to like i can't make like immediate comparisons but definitely like 80s british tv or like a surreal movie like toys or something Mm -hmm. or like the witches kind Mm -hmm. of just like scare a little bit scary kind of dreamy but like a little low budget yeah 
pretty fascinating and like yeah. genuinely has some scary parts. Yeah. That sounds yeah. fun. Yeah. I'll have to check that out. Well, it's season two, and it's also season of the pitch. Yeah. It's our spooky season, and we'll be pitching a movie. So this is... We still don't have a title for this segment. You know what? Just deal with it, man. It's just, I don't know. It's, the, it's our, it's it's our pitch. pitch. It's We're pitch. pitching something. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so basically, we each bring two elements unknown to one another and reveal them and pitch a movie on the spot. And I believe we have a working title. Yeah. So I usually try to find like a fun title along the way. Um, it's kind of a working title. And so I found one that was called The Truth According to Satan. <laughs> I just thought it was like, well, it's fun. It's just yeah. sort of self-help. It like a self-help like, book. Hey, he's like, he's like hey. on the cover. He's, he's, like, he's like on the like, cover real cute. Looking over know? his wire room like, glasses. Like, like. <laughs> Anyway. <laughs> sounds like a Nancy Myers totally um, horror totally. movie like, because I said so. <laughs> Satan said so. <laughs> because Satan said so. Um, anyway, it's a 1972 Italian film that I now want to see. But anyway, but I thought a uh, a fun title, for a real title for this, could be Satanic Panic. Which mm. okay, when I first came up with the idea, I swear I'd never heard. I was like, why isn't there a movie called Satanic Panic? You know, obviously it's famed. 80s 90s thing where you know people were getting convicted of crimes because they're like oh there's a satanic element to this and it was total bullshit yeah anyway and then of course like last week i saw a movie on you know tubi or hulu or whatever that was like satanic pack and i was like boo i came up with it first i swear (laughs) anyway but still i think you know you can have multiple movies with the same title it's fine okay so this was something I was looking for the whole time as I was searching for horror films. Couldn't quite find anything uh, better than Trick or Treat in 1982. <laughs> but I would love sort of a John Carpenter-esque horror movie with heavy metal motifs. And I just wanted it to be like Halloween, Metalheads, uh, his pals. They're going up against like Bible thumpers who maybe like the Bible thumpers are the ones that are actually like demon possessed or are like working with Satan. So basically that. I just want like heavy yeah. metal and yeah. like with this sort of uh, the sort of element, religious element. And the actor, um, I don't know if you've been watching Los Espookies no. um, on Hulu or HBO or whatever it is. But Bernardo Valesco, he plays Ronaldo in Los Espookies, kind of like the main guy. And anyways, he's just great. He already kind of looks heavy metal. Mm. Like that's his vibe. And yeah, so I think he would be a great like metalhead. So anyway, that's... Okay. What have you got for me? So I just watched uh, Five Dolls for an August Moon Mm. today, which I think is an almost senseless Mario (laughs) Baba movie. You're like, (laughs) the music and it's just, it's a... It's a it's an interesting one. Yeah. Uh, but we started thinking about how a comedic version with people who are from like the state extended universe or like Burning Love would be very enjoyable. Mm-hmm. So yeah. my element is that people are in one place getting picked off one by one. Oh, yeah. And then the actor is Ken Marino. <laughs> so okay. I, think I mean, Ken we Marino really should... don't even have to, like, that's the pitch. We don't I even really have to explain feel it. like I think Ken it's... Marino could be the Bible thumper kind he could, of. I mean, he could be the Bible thumper. He could even be an old metal dude with, he, like, long oh, yeah. hair, like, Maybe he could play style. both if we're kind of doing, Honestly, like, a comedic. Honestly, twins. <gasps> okay, I know we bust out twins every once in a while, but, but twins... I kind of think 
Ken Marino I mean, twins? Him in like a mullet wig. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so he's a total metalhead, and this twin is like a, a like, preacher. Has like the sh- like short sleeve shirt tucked into like <laughs> exactly. Um, I don't, I don't. But really they have, have the same father who is Satan. Maybe you know. Okay, maybe that's it. Okay, same. all right. So they're sort of like supporting. They're like uh, okay. So you got the old metal dude, and then you've got Bernardo. That actor is kind of like he's like he's our like main the, he's like the dude. good yeah he's like he's the like main the metal dude yeah. But then you got the old one who's Ken Marino, and then his twin is the pastor, and their father they're facing is off is like I mean some old actor that I can't think of yeah. Robert Duvall. <laughs> I always I I'm never I'm never like sure which one is alive. So I'm. Like, I I don't know. Yeah, fingers crossed. I don't know. And uh, yeah, and he's in the apostle, so he's like okay. <laughs> religious stuff. Yeah, he totally. Preacher. Yeah, I don't even know if I. We don't really need to explain no, it. No, I, I think, think we that, pretty much laid it out. I uh, think there it this is. This came together just like easy. It's probably a Hulu original. <laughs> it's already it priority exists. Yeah. I'm trying to think. I don't know. I wish I knew anything about like kind of current heavy metal, like who did the soundtrack, but I. Mm, that's like a Joel question. Yeah, I was going to say, like, Frankly. my friend Spencer would probably know. Be like, oh, Boris, or, I don't know. <laughs> I don't, like, oh, I don't yeah. even know enough like to... Some Japanese metal. Like, yeah, that, they're, fun. like, kind of slow and calm, though. Yeah. Probably something a little more like death, like a contemporary death metal. I did see John Carpenter. This was honestly, like, I mean, if I had a top five things that ever happened to me, this would be one of them. I saw John Carpenter live in concert like at the the schnitz oh, here and he was like that. so basically they were projecting like bits from his movies and he was playing like the main theme or whatever mm-hmm. and he was up there and like on the synth or whatever and his son cody who also does some of the music with him and he was up there so i guess that's why i'm thinking like oh maybe cody <laughs> maybe we'll get him for this project yeah. or whatever um anyway no that's just a just a side note that that was one of the highlights of my life and there were so many adorable metalheads there. And it was like, I was wearing like a oh, dress yeah. and trying to be all like cute because I was in like this concert hall and everyone else was like, was like in, yeah, like total metal out. It was so cute. It was like, honestly, the highlight of my life. <laughs> I didn't think about it every day. No. Did you see yeah. that Goblin was playing here? But it sold out like immediately. Oh, yeah. I think I saw that. And when I saw it, it was like, it was, like sold already sold out. out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah. Anyway. So that's okay. what happens when you live in a place like Portland. There's so many other weirdos that are yeah. like quick in the draw. Yeah. <laughs> We'll just leave you with some stuff that's on our radar, things that we've been watching or plan to watch, or things we want you to avoid. <laughs> um, so I've uh, been checking out some new podcasts. So a couple that I'm obsessed with are Never Seen It, where comedians write a scene for a movie they've never watched. One of the highlights being Joel Kim Booster writing a scene for The Revenant. You want to just like, have a good entry point? That does sound good. But it's actually perfect. I was like, oh, that's so much of like the... T- the type yeah. of thing that, you know, we do or we'd be into or whatever, that was just like, you know, I don't know this movie. It's probably like this. There's probably this scene, yeah. except they actually write it, and it's really great. Another one is called Family Secrets, and I, I feel oh, like every time yeah. I say it, I want to be like, Family Secrets, um, <laughs> where guests who are usually writers um, reveal dramatic and sometimes shocking family secrets that were hidden for most of their lives. Didn't realize this was a category of mysteries that I was really Really into. into. I was like, oh, this is my jam until Mm -hmm. I started listening to it. And sometimes the stories are devastating, but sometimes they're so So juicy. So juicy. So, uh, yeah, so those are two 
uh, podcast I've been obsessed with. And just another quick uh, recommendation for uh, Halloween or any old time, Brain Scan from 1994. Oh, yeah. um, it's just about a deadly video game hosted by a, a real trickster mm. with a real, speaking of melted candle faces, <laughs> just a weird face. I don't know how to describe it. Um, it's an absolute blast. Uh, I won't give any more info. I think I've seen stills from it. Yeah, like that. it is. Yeah. I can't believe I haven't heard of it before. James mentioned it, and he had seen it at Laurel Hurst uh, Theater recently, and I didn't go, and I was like, damn it. I was like, it's so good. Anyway, Ooh. it's a total blast. How about you? Uh, so this time of year, I watch even more, like, spooky schlock. So yeah. I don't really, I wouldn't say any, this is, these are recommendations or not. <laughs> it's just, more just information. It's just information that you can <laughs> choose for yourself. So first up, Witchboard from 1986, mm. starring Tawny Katane. I just watched it. I, okay, okay, we can have a whole okay. sub-episode about yeah. everything in that movie. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Okay, let me just say that I actually think she's not a bad actress. Uh, I don't think she was that bad. She was to everybody. screaming. <sighs> all, okay, well, in the, in the, in the, the, the third act, that's true. But I feel like leading up to it, she was definitely the best actor in that movie. She was, and, and I loved her style. Wasn't yeah. she wearing, like... Like a hat and like a like oh, a real yeah. lane stretch she's kind of really like it was a real like oh your outfit is like you're on off Broadway or I don't know yeah, something yeah, it was totally. yeah yeah there's a lot going <laughs> on so, I, I don't even know so much start with the acting it, just like um, the general the psychic was the this was crazy. Was amazing. Didn't she keep like playing like just kidding? She's like, like hey, oh, ew. oh, and yeah. oh, the psychic is somebody. She's in like every nineties. Yeah, thing. yeah. She was really familiar, and she yeah. was like this cool like new just wave kind of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> anyway, no, it's, it was it's again. I don't know if it's a like, recommendation, it's like, but it's, it's something. Fun. It's definitely something. Uh, yeah. It's ridiculous. Another ridiculous one. I mean, this was a. Terrible movie, but if the phrase flesh-eating tits gets you going, I guess it's a movie for you. (laughs) Mausoleum from 1983. Uh, You know, I mean, it's also senseless where you're like, oh, this girl goes in a mausoleum and gets haunted by the same demon that was haunting her mother, and then it waits until she's an adult woman, a sexy adult woman waiting around for her, a sexy hubby. There's a lot of, like, her and... She's, like, possessed by a demon, but she's, like, in a lace teddy being, like, (laughs) just, like, super sexy 80s. She definitely, I don't know, this actress had done, like, adult films or anything, but it definitely had that vibe. So it's very, but there is a scene where she, her, like, tits turn to, like, little flesh-eating, like, monster faces. I don't know if you meant, like, people, like, some being was, like, Eating the flesh of her tits. No, no. You meant her tits, her tits are, are. They've got little they mouths. They are the critters. Like, they are the, <laughs> the entities. The yeah. entities. They are the entities. I'm so proud of myself. I'm sorry. Your face truly was, lit like, up. Pure joy. Truly lit up. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, so yeah, maybe if you want some entity action, <laughs> that's Mausoleum's the one. I think that one might be, might be on Tubi. My Probably. Uh, and then also I watched Symptoms from 1974 mm. starring Angela Pleasance. Similar to Images, the Susanna York movie by Robert I Altman. it's better than that. Oh, I think Images is better. Really? Well, right, well I, like I mean, it. Angela Pleasance is great. Yeah. 
But the rest of it. Donald Pleasance's oh, yeah, daughter. Oh, yeah, it's daughter, which I was watching. And I was like, why does she look so familiar? And then I was like, oh. She, her moon face. Yeah, it's like, very know, eerie. Kind of, she's fantastic. But everything else about it is so thin. Well, it's mostly outfits. It's mostly you know? just out. It's outfits. It's like it's like ooh, it's ooh. There's a England mist. and just, like October. And that's fun sometimes. Yeah. It's just like I just want there to be. I think it's on Instagram. Like it's more of the implication that yeah. something's happening. It's like nothing's yeah. really happening. Nothing really feels. Yeah, it's you're kind of like. I mean, there's some there's some shit that happens. So you're like, yeah, ah, a little well, uncomfortable. It's been a minute. I can't really vouch for yeah. something I watched three years ago. So yeah. <laughs> the foul little gardener or whatever i don't okay. know it's just like a okay well i don't remember everything <laughs> but it, it has a you're right that it has like a cool mood if you just mm-hmm. want the kind of like a moody like autumn in england yeah. and hysterical women you know that's definitely sometimes <laughs> sometimes <you know. laughs> mostly just angela plus i guess the director was like a real piece of shit i can't um, remember his name he's spanish it's like Jose Rom- I know. I yeah, can he worked see in it. England a lot. Yeah. yeah. Oh, don't tell um, me. But he was like oh, this really controlling. But it oh, was like man. the stories that she like persevered and like held on, like yeah. held her ground, and like it's more about her doing a great job. But he was, I think, I a monster. I mean, all these guys. I mean, they're a lot all of them. Shitty. What are you gonna do? Yeah. Sure enough. Ugh. That's the real <laughs> horror story. The world we live in. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. <laughs> well, thanks for coming back with us to season two. Uh, we hope that you continue on this journey with us. It's going to be a little less frequent uh, this season because it turns out we're both really busy and it's really hard to watch movies and just find a time to be able to even get together to talk about them. Look, we've got briefcases and we got to put our hair in French twists. Oh my God, and we've we're got our, sneak, our sneaks on and then we've got to change into our pumps. And then we've got to our pumps. God, our eggs. We're so busy. <laughs> it's just, you know, power lunches. We're having that cantaloupe. We're having <laughs> that cottage cheese. That scuba cottage <laughs> cheese. We're so busy. We're pounding the pavement. <laughs> uh, yeah, so anyway, it'll be less frequent, but you know, you'll have higher quality yeah we do ostensibly something something. it won't be worse so that's something right (laughs) it couldn't be worse yeah that's the name of our production yeah (laughs) (laughs) but we do post on our social media more frequently than that so slightly (laughs) at storyboard podcast on instagram and at storyboard underscore pod on twitter and you can also email us at our Gmail. Hmm, who's to say what that is? I'll put the link in the episode now. <laughs> Storyboard podcast. podcast? You just go ahead and hit up the link. You in know, the just leave that link. I mean, or hey. just DM us on one you of the know, socials whatever. if you. Yeah, because yeah. uh, hey, offhand, who's to say? Pretty loose dudes around here. It's yeah, fine. sure enough. <laughs> anyway, hope you have a very happy Halloween. Till next time. Tales from the city, tales of the city. Of the city? Tales of know. the city? I know what you mean, but whatever. Yeah. Preposition. The Armistead Maupin show. I recommended that to my mom, and she like looked it up on Netflix. <laughs> and the thing that she, she was like, yeah, I watched it. It was like really scary stuff, though. And I was like, I'm sorry, what? <laughs> These and 90s she, white San Francisco yeah. gays. Are and like, as she was describing it, we realized she's talking about. Tales from the crypt? Tales from the hood. Oh. <laughs>